0: You're listening to the Parkview Church Training Podcast, where we equip you to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. Hello, Parkview Church. This is Devin, your communications director here at Parkview, and I'm sitting down today with Pastor Thomas and Pastor Mark um, just to get to know a little bit more about what Thomas does here. As you may be aware, his position changed a couple of months ago in June, and he is now our executive pastor. So we're going to be learning about that and also learning about his role as an elder here at Parkview. So to begin, Thomas, hello. Hello. How are you today?
1: I'm well. Good. Quite well. It's
0: Good to hear. Um, we haven't just, done
1: one of these in a while. I
0: know we're a little rusty. So
1: we're all here, <laughs> and we record Sitting right around. next to the uh, student ministries office, and
0: uh, it's pretty rowdy. So if you
1: hear something, that means we're just—it's the vibrancy of ministry. That's right. You that's, know? A that's a
0: good that's way
2: exactly of exactly.
1: It. It. It's a sound of joy. <laughs> yes, happening.
2: Things are happening
1: at Parkview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, just to get started, Thomas, tell us about yourself. How did you end up here at Parkview? Wow. Life story in five seconds.
1: Well, someone <laughs> carried me here. Oh, well, wow. Literally. Literally. It's yeah, an early start. start. Yeah. I, I am, uh, I know, not an old man, but I feel like Parkview has been, I feel like I've been around here forever. Uh, some of you, well, probably approximately zero of you would know um, that my grandfather, my dad's side, was actually the senior pastor of Parkview for, I think, one year. Not sure it went great. Um, so it goes way back, way back. That was in like 1973. Actually, I remember looking through the um, the Get to Know Parkview pamphlet that was put out maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and all these pictures kind of from each decade of ministry at Parkview. And there in the 1970s picture of the youth groups in front of the church sign in Corville with big old floppy collar and, you know, some big old hair is my mom and dad in their junior or sophomore and senior year of high school. Wow. wow. Um, so, and then, yeah, it's funny. Right along with uh, baby niece, you know, and everything in the, in between us, you know, thinking of the directory, you know, and seeing like oh, Tom yes. and Julie niece in their glory years. <laughs> I'm, I'm in that one, you know, as a one-year-old sitting on yeah. their lap. And so it's been, you know, I've been around Parkview quite a while i think most people who changed my diaper you know are, are not with us <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so thankful for them but you know it's so it's been I, I don't know it's hard to even put a put a pin on where where things really began but yeah i was probably carried here as a two-month-old <laughs> and now you're carrying your kids in that's right yeah. it's come full circle, full circle. it yep. really has <laughs> yeah
0: nice so you have kids tell us I about do. your family
1: yeah so we have five-year-old jack Mm-hmm. Born on the Fourth of July, he is a firecracker. Uh, we have two-year-old Silas, who is just a total sweetheart, uh, loves to cuddle, very wonderful boy, more of a cuddler. And then uh, baby Ben is, as of right, as of recording, seven months old and doing the army crawl over our house. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's right. And Katie, she's a big part of that. She's a big part of that.
2: Well, I heard the we. I thought we should should clarify. Clarify. That's right.
1: So my wonderful wife, Katie, uh, is also a longtime Parkview member um, and daughter of Tom and Sue Onan, who, again, have been around Parkview for a long, long time. Uh, We got married in 2013 here at Parkview. I was baptized here. Also, you know, came to Christ. All those things. And uh, so we've been married 10 years and love our family. We live uh, over in University Heights. And she worked at the hospital for a long time and now treats patients out of our home. And uh, she's a physical therapist. Yes. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. going to be like, she's yep, a yep, physical yep, therapist. Yep. <laughs> so yep. People
0: know what she does too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you grew up around Parkview. So obviously grew up around the church. And you just mentioned you got mm-hmm. baptized. Uh, how did you become a Christian? Or what was the moment that really like, the gospel sunk sunken for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think like many people, I, I sort of had a significant experience, memorable experience as a young, like as a child, and then had another really transformative experience in young adulthood. Um, so I, I think if someone asked me just straight, when did you become a Christian? I think it was in Iwana mm-hmm. when I was probably seven I think I was a spark. Someone will correct me if I'm on that one. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's right. It only takes a spark to get the fire going. I know that. Right. Uh, I remember passing the flashlight around in the basically the very room where we sit when it used to be the big youth. You know, when the kitchen was down at the end of of this side of the church and everything. And uh, I think it was Catherine Hove who came around with the Bibles and you know, would anyone like a Bible? And for some reason, I wanted a Bible. Don't know why a seven-year-old. I think you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's like swag. It's like you go to a conference. It's like, <laughs> it's like I guess like I want it. That's <laughs> right. I want a mug. I wanted a Bible, but who knows why the Lord, you know, put that desire in me. And and she said, you know, she explained to me what it meant to become a Christian. And and I said I wanted to, you know, become a Christian. And I remember praying with her. And then, you know, there was a lot of difficult things to come in in the next handful of years, as far as just kind of family drama. And uh, I had three different father figures in my home growing up and, um, dealing with death and loss of one of them and uh, two divorces. And so our family just kind of got ripped apart. And I think that that early, you know, protection, the spirit coming into my life at that point was part of God just preparing me for some difficult things that were to come, but then it was, it was, uh, like I said, a second experience. You know, I remember I was really involved with the youth ministry and youth leader here. Um, this was around the time Todd Kramer was leading and who's now one of our elders and, uh, and enjoying that had a lot of friends, my, you know, most of my friends were in the student ministry here and, and then, um, went, went through to 24 seven to our college ministry and had some really significant friendships there. And one particular with uh, the freshman group leader, his name was Trent, um, who really just mentored me and and loved me. And that was when I'd say there was just another really significant experience of the gospel just coming to life in me. I think especially because I had some of those really challenging childhood situations, um, I think I sort of internalized that sense of, kind of a sense of victimhood or sort of being defined by the trauma that I'd experienced. And, you know, I think it's typical, you're sort of coached to share your testimony and here's, you know, no one wants the testimony of, you know, I'm, I'm from a solid Christian home and just I became a Christian when I was 12 and which I just really hope my kids have that kind of, mm-hmm. you know I mean? Yeah. Just a wonderful, yep, not, tr- not you a know, testimony no, either. that's a wonderful testimony. Um, but I think, you know, one I realized that was the powerful part of my story was all these bad things happen, but I'm a Christian. And I think I I learned so much and I'm so thankful for my time in, you know, in our student ministries, and there was so much good truth I learned about God and the Bible that I don't even realize how much I learned. And at the same time I think the Lord was still there was still some breakthroughs that needed to happen and being out on my own, even though I was still in Iowa City, still, you know, five minutes I probably was closer to Parkview you know on on campus than I was living on the west side of Iowa City growing up I there were things I needed to learn and you know like I said one of those things is how did those two parts of my life both the sort of the trauma of my upbringing and then the the fact of my salvation and how beloved I was by God and and those things happening how did those actually connect because when I would tell that story it was very much a, a story in two acts you know all these bad things happen, but I'm a Christian with mm-hmm. no logical connection at all. And it, there was there were some really significant experiences where, partly through just the exposure of some sin in my life, where I, I realized I wasn't a theoretical sinner; I was an actual sinner, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually needed Jesus. Which I, like I said, in high school, I knew that people told me the actual gospel, and it got as deep as it could with my the heart that I had. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there was another experience of. I'm a real sinner, I re- I need real grace from the real Jesus, and he died on a real cross and rose for real for me, and I really need it, and um, so that was, those were, that's probably the, I know it's, uh, that was not five minutes, <laughs> but, but that's, I gave you five seconds, yeah, so five seconds, was, definitely not five it. seconds, no, not at all. yeah,
0: awesome, So as we mentioned, there's been a lot of changes. People are aware of a lot of changes on our staff here at Parkview. And one Mm -hmm. of them is that your role has changed. You're now our executive pastor. Um, So would you just like to share what does that mean? It's a very vague title. I mean, it's not you execute things. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Not people. Not
1: people, no.
0: Tasks.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I'm glad Mark's here to help uh, chime in on this one. It is, I think it is one of those things. It doesn't, you know, it's not ministry plus pastor where no. it's kind of obvious you're the leader of that area or something like that. And it's not, there's no real analog in the, you know, in the business world necessarily or anything where people would go, oh, I understand what that is. Um, and there, there's also a lot of, you know, if you, you know, for instance, Grace Church up the road, they have an executive pastor, probably his role looks different than mine does um, yeah. and that's yeah one of those and the reason for that is because it's it's really in many ways defined by the the complementary gifts between mark and I and what what I'm good at what Mark's good at trying to fill in each other's sort of blind spots and strengths and 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 make sure that we're we're doing something that complements one another well. So I think that's one of the reasons why there is often kind of like, what, what is that position? I know what the lead pastor does. They're the leader, you know, (laughs) Right? you know, isn't everyone supposed to be executing ministry, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, is there anything you'd like to just start off with?
2: I I think that, you know, I I like what you said just about from one executive pastor position to another, you'll see a, a, a big variance between what the roles are and really, um, Part of what really drew me to choose you, Thomas, to be the executive pastor, and you and I have talked about this too, is just a, a passion for for ministry. You have a mind for organization. And and so and that's something I really need. I, I'm a big picture person. I'm a, kind of a dreamer and that sort of thing. But I'm not good at uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And I know that about myself. And so early on in being here in this role, I found myself really just missing having an executive pastor, uh, someone who just kind of helps me keep those things in line and and in order. And by the grace of God, we survived that time. But really just seeing the faithfulness of you, Thomas, just how eager you were to help and just how quick you were to, to learn and how passionate you were for Parkview. I hope you understand that, Parkview. That's one of the cool things, even just as you shared your testimony about being carried in here um, your heart and soul for Jesus, but you're also heart and soul for Parkview. And then that was something that mattered to me too, is, is, is you know, are you all in for, for, for Jesus, but are you all, all in for Parkview too? And mm-hmm. I've seen both of those within you. And really just seeing the way you're, connect, you're uh, just quick to put things together and to realize what needs to be done. And that's Really, a blind spot for me, and I'm I'm well aware of it. I'm, I'm I know my limitations and and where God has gifted me, and so just knowing that there's just a an ability and a desire to work and to pull things together. So, how would I describe the executive pastor's role? Uh, all things Parkview really go through Thomas at some point or another, and. That doesn't mean that there aren't some ministry areas where I give a a little bit more guidance or uh, um, leadership to than than Thomas does directly. Uh, But really, there's nothing going on that that Thomas is not aware of uh, that we haven't talked about on some level. And uh, basically, if Thomas has spoken in some setting, then he has spoken for me. And uh, that's the kind of partnership that that we are building, and and I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things, Thomas, uh, you were talking about, just your role here. And, and I think I, I like what you shared earlier with me about uh, your Tim Keller and how he inspired you. Would you just <laughs> go there and, and just talk about that for a second? Sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I think, well, that's another part of maybe my story here at Parkview is then, you know, when I, I went to the University of Iowa and then um, graduated, didn't, didn't really think ministry was part of my future, but others around me identified that calling and when the guy who mentored me, I mentioned Trent, moved on to, to a different position, pastoral position, he said, you've got to do this. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got some time. I'm thinking of doing some other things. But then, yeah, it was clear the Lord was calling me. And so anyway, so I was doing college ministry here, the 24-7 staff, and really, you know, was leading freshmen, that kind of thing. And and I think that was a, a time when it was kind of in vogue to, to sort of, I, I think of a guy like, oh, what's his name? Matt Dallas, Pastor Matt Chandler, yes, okay, and was really you know a popular you know guy and you know didn't didn't have any formal training and was sort of I was like that's great you know you don't and I say I think I still see the appeal of that you know he just he just sat down with his Bible and just learned you know, um, and I was like I don't I don't know if I see a lot of things I go man I just don't know how to do that. I could never learn it. I would need to go to school to absolutely need to go to school to learn it. And then I watched a Tim Keller sermon. (laughs) And I remember Ann Campbell, probably that name means a lot to some of you, um, was kind of my, the, the grandma close to me. This was before my actual grandma came and lived close to us. She had given me, when I was going to the University of Iowa, she gave me the Reason for God, the Tim Keller book. And great book i never touched it she <laughs> she she wrote a nice I'd note heard in that there. it was good it was yeah great. i heard yeah, it was a great book but i, I didn't yeah. actually read it i read the amazon reviews they're great so why why bother <laughs> no um i so she had given that to me five years six years before that and wrote a nice note in it and i was like that's so nice she wants me to stay a christian while i'm in college you know that was you know which i appreciated the thought never never opened it but then you know, I listened to that. It was Luke 24, which we're about to be in Luke, so that's exciting. Um, Jesus Vindicated. Look it up. You should watch it. I probably watched it 15 times and or listened to it. And I, I just listened, and I thought, wow, now that is something I do not know how to do because I heard him preaching in a way, and I was learning more about ministry, more about what was challenging, especially for educated, you know, Iowa city type people and college students I was rubbing shoulders with and they had these questions and I, I sort of had a version of answers that I think that made sense to me, but didn't seem like they were making a lot of sense to them. And that troubled me. And, but I didn't have any other examples until then where I saw, wow, he's really, and then I started to see that bear fruit as I sort of, I started reading his books, you know, and just learning a lot. Yeah. And even now using some of the things, even the books that he's written, I'm reading with some people who are I'm hoping will come to faith now and seeing that bear fruit. So that experience I think really made me go, wow, there's, you know, that was that was probably what made me say, I need to become a pastor and I need to go. There's a lot I don't know that I need to go get some training. So is that what you were talking about? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah.
2: Just how you just you just said I want to do yeah. that, you know, after yeah. after hearing it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So you know, back to your, to your, uh, position and, it, and I'm mm-hmm. going somewhere with this in, in that, you know, I said all things Parkview are, are Thomas, but really it simply means that, um, really is kind of managing all the ministries that are happening here and making sure they're all in alignment with one another, keeping track of all of our staff. And, uh, there's a lot to that. And, and really the reason I'm going back to that is, you know, one of our final questions is how is what's one way Parkview can be praying for you in your ministry area mm-hmm. right now? One of the key things is to be aware of is that uh, Thomas is still in his role as uh, taking care of community groups, so that has not fallen by the wayside. But there's a lot of extra things being added to your schedule. And uh, obviously you have a family that needs your time as well. And so one of the things that is a priority for me is just making sure you actually do turn things off and go Mm -hmm. home and that sort of thing but uh, you know there's a lot of things I think people uh, unless you've been working for a church at some point or another you have no idea just how many moving parts there are to a church like this a church this size that has you know multiple sites and all these different ministries Mm -hmm. and so uh, there's just so many things that at least Thomas is aware of or it gets asked about or has to give approval to or whatever or talk to me about and and so i that's one of the main things but I would just say, go ahead and ask that question now what you know what would you specifically like prayer for in your area of ministry Ooh, that's a great question uh, so hmm
1: it's so hard to pick. Well, honestly, I, mean, I, I should have given not, this a little more thought. One. I know. <laughs> it's
2: not like we aren't uh, trying to fill some positions that are recently yeah. vacated and things yeah, like that. Yeah. There's, there's
1: so much you could put on the list there. It is, you know, we need to, we're at uh, a delicate time, you know, for us, but at the same time, I can't help but feel like there are some bright things right in front of us. Yeah, And I see so much that I'm really encouraged about even just in the ways that the Lord has taken care of us in, you know, as, as some people have moved on, you know, leaders have moved on. I just see the Lord's hand taking care of us in different ways, particularly. And this is, is just one example, but you know, obviously, so with Dave, Dave Foster moving on, that's, that's a hard one. Um, And my, you know, from my seat on the bus, you know, my thought is how are we going to cover what Dave was doing Uh, knowing we have limited resources, we, you know, we have a budget, we have, you know, all all these needs and, and realizing, you know, I remember uh, at the first full deacon meeting happened, I think it was at the end of July. um, First of all, we had a bunch of new deacons, a bunch of more than we usually get here at Central in particular. And for some reason, this was well before any of this news broke. um, There was a, big swell of interest in caring for for seniors mm-hmm. and i just see the hand of the lord in that yeah it's like the lord knew huh? it's like <laughs> the lord knew and I thought. that's exactly right and without any prompting from me or you know it's not as if i had this great strategy hey what if we get a bunch of deacons and you know i don't even think i was really aware of of any of you know the possibilities there but what i see is the people of god stepped up in a time when there was need and it was the Lord's work. So if I were to say, you know, yep, we're in we're in a time where there is, you know, I've got some work to do. Mark, you know, <laughs> Devin's got some work to do. We all we kind of look at each other and go, well, I, you know, the Calvary's not coming. We're we gotta we gotta get going here. Um, at the same time, I think God has given us the most precious resource we have is sitting in the room on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. and what we've seen is the Lord giving us exactly what we need by. By the church, the whole church being what the whole church needs to be, yeah. um, and so if one of the if it could if I can turn that into prayer request, it would be we we would that we would see this time as a moment for us to see all of the joy that there is in serving Jesus together, mm-hmm. um, and if if one of the things that comes out of this season is that we become more fully convinced that the ministry of Parkview church, by the way, you know, almost a hundred year legacy here at Parkview church, who was that built on? Some names might come to mind, but really only one name in the end comes to mind. And he is a Jewish carpenter and he died and rose again 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, so if that's a lesson that, we sort of, as a whole organization, church institution, need to learn is that the Lord has a lot in store for us, not in general, but for each of us in particular. Through this season, then I think that would be a huge step to glorify the Lord. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's let's let's pray for all of us to be awake and alive to the reality of God moving among us, um, and just openness to what the Lord might do. If if each of us really take an honest look at at what the Lord might have for us in this season, so to me that's exciting. So in the midst of some grief, it's exciting. So
2: fantastic! Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Is there does everyone
1: know what I do now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want to itemize it for everybody? Well, I don't know. Like, like, what thought.
1: does
0: a day look like
1: in yeah.
2: here? Would One that day. be helpful? Yeah. I mean, chart it all out. Meetings. Yeah.
1: There are a lot of, I, I, lot I definitely of probably am in the most number of meetings, you know, yep. the way I thought if, if, if there were a helpful illustration, it would just be, I told Mark this earlier this week. I said, you know, I think how i describe it is I go to Mark and I say, Mark, where are we going? And Mark says, we're going to France. <laughs> <laughs> that's John. Why not? That's Mark's job, you know, going to France. And I say, Mark, what's, what do you think's a reasonable timeline for that? And he says, ah, two years, let's get to France in two years. Let's get everyone to France. And then what I need to do is I need to go, okay, we need a luggage director. We need a, you know, transportation person. We need a communication person to let everyone know how we're getting there. We need to make these seven decisions and we need to make them all within the next two months. Then we need to, you know, we need to purchase these 15 things, take that whole idea and apply it to ministry. Where are we getting now it's difficult because ministry isn't as simple as that. You know, where's the destination? How do you know when to quit each day? Because it's just ongoing. You mm-hmm. know, that's right. Um, I've heard that about the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, there's a team that paints the Golden Gate Bridge, and you know when they stop, they start over. They just start over. Yep. Oh uh, because right. by the time they're done, it's time to start <laughs> at the other end. Because that's yep, a perpetual to have. job. That's yep. right. So, but it in, uh, in the end, I think it's true. <laughs> it's true. But. Um, In the end, I think that's probably at the heart of it is, uh, you know, everything 5,000 feet and above, that's Mark, and everything 5,000 feet and under, how do we actually get there? What members do we need on the team? What care and support do they need? What, you know, kind of basic management do they need? Goal setting, um, follow-up, accountability, care, prayer, um, development do they need in order for us to get there, along with all the little projects that come along with it, you know? Yep.
0: Cool. Is there anything else that you want our people to know about what you do?
1: Um, I love it.
0: Great. (laughs) That's a good, good attitude to have in that position. We need that, right? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome.
2: Yep. And you know, I I know both Thomas and I are so grateful for the staff that we have that are stepping up in so many ways. You're one of those, Devin, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but really, it's it's cool to see that. I mean, obviously, there's things that we have to kind of just put on the back burner or whatever until we get our full staff team in mm-hmm. place. But uh, you know, I'm I'm so grateful for our team. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you, and Thanks well, I guess listening. we'll talk to you yeah. again soon.
1: All right.